0: Hi, my name is De. Welcome to the World Without People podcast, where we journey into some pretty amazing stories of everyday people. I believe strongly in the interconnectedness of our human experience, that we can color and enrich our lives by sharing and learning from our lived experiences. In this concise podcast, I bring to you engaging conversations like a chapter in a vibrant book designed to motivate and encourage and challenge and of course, brighten your day. My guests also get to ask me one question, and there's no telling what they might come up with. So thank you for tuning in, grab your coffee or tea, or listen on the go to some amazing stories of real people. After all, what is a world without people?
1: Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the world without
0: people. My name is Ayamide and I'm so excited to have you here as per usual. I'm always excited to do these, but I'm really excited because I have my sis all the way from Calgary, Canada. Woo, 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 woo. Sis, like, I call her sis cause you know, I'm your typical Yoruba girl. Like I gotta put my respect, but <laughs> Loretta is Loretta Ovage. Do I pronounce? I, I always feel like I don't pronounce that right.
1: I mean it's pretty much the way it's spelt. O-V-A-J. Okay.
0: Ovajay,
1: right? Ovaja. Ovaje. O-V-A-J. Okay. Yes. Did you get did you get a lot of like especially coming to America? No. I used to get made fun of by friends in Unilag, actually. There were these guys who would this, this one guy who, who would say like my name sounds like a virgin. I love it. And I really? <laughs> so, yeah, I love it. but yeah that's that's the only thing that used to happen in terms of my surname otherwise yeah people have been typically just like you you know just ask oh how do you pronounce your last name and I'm like magic. <laughs> yeah, yeah nice. so. and this
0: is and I'm going to call her sister out. just it's just easier for me sorry guys <gasps> she's a public health expert like me but you know the interesting thing is that we both were in Michigan
1: apparently around about the same time I think, right? I was there from 2007 to 2016-ish,
0: generally. And I left in like 2008, so maybe, maybe that's why we didn't really meet, but you met my yeah. brother, right? Yeah, yeah. And then we met at an APHA conference, which were both public health experts, mm-hmm. and all these connections. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, you know my brother! <laughs> yeah, so public health is best, thank you very
1: much. <laughs> but, but you, me, know. you didn't realize i knew your brother because you i knew your name and your last name and then I, I it just didn't click because you guys don't look alike so i think that you know like i said i told you you don't look alike so it didn't come to mind until i was like wait i know an Eiffel, you're the... and that's when i sent you the message i was like are you related to him and you're like oh that's my brother and yeah. like, oh okay
0: that's, that's my younger brother i just you know because people be people be taking the piss like you're my younger brother
1: i just want y'all to know I actually thought I was even older than you until you now. <laughs> was like, oh wow! But you look, you know, I've told you this many times. You definitely look younger than your age. So it's my birthday month. Okay, how you <laughs> celebrate? No celebrations. I don't
0: do celebrations.
1: Okay,
0: I always, I always go on a trip. I go on an annual birthday trip. So you okay. know, fun towards sure. my birthday trip. Anyway, yeah, so I, just, where... I pick. Have you where you're going? Not yet. I'm... I wanted to go to West Virginia. I know it's like very lame, but, and it's just down the street, but I feel like I haven't really been. And I like, even when I go to like places like Delaware, Connecticut, like it was one of those things. Like I I was like, oh, I know I've passed here or maybe I've even stopped here, but like I never actually toured. So that's why.
1: Okay. (laughs) And I guess you can see my face and I'm wondering what's in West Virginia that you want to go look at.
0: (laughs) it's just the ticking off of my 50 states in america and so it's just trying to you know i I always do a museum i find a lighthouse and something else but anyways this is not about me so back to the story and so (laughs) and with that like we literally met like one time right that was like that a, a pha conference maybe that one night and then that was it like we've been on since went out a couple times in Lagos. We happened to be in Lagos at the same time a couple years later. Or oh, was it even that thing? year? No, a couple years later. And honestly, like we don't talk all the time, but like we'll now talk and then we'll talk one hour, or two hours to catch up with life. And all so right. I'm very, very happy <laughs> for real. I'm very, very happy to have you here, sis. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Oh thank you for having me. Okay. So you already told us you know like for example, Michigan and I've mentioned Canada. Walk me through that journey. So Lagos to America and now to Canada. Just why the changes that have occurred in you as a person, as a result of all these, you know, things, what you've learned as a result of all this movement, I will say. Mm.
1: So wait, it sounds like you have multiple questions. So let's (laughs) pop our breaks and go back so the first question did i tell you
0: that she's also a professor so let's go back we hear some things today just understand that the framework is that she's a professor she's a phd as well so sis let me come back the question was or the question is as someone who's migrated across different continents back and forth right because you've also like come and then gone back kind of thing yeah. what would you say has been some of your most interesting experience what would you say has been changes within you as a person and what advice would you give to someone who's afraid of change I'm, it's still multiple
1: questions but it's all related thank you very much oh wow it just started. Okay, so I guess my journey started when I went to I left Unilag in my third year actually and It was a result of a few things happening at the same time. I had like three or four carryovers for whatever reason. Didn't make any sense to me because I'd never had a carryover in my entire life. (laughs) And I was very, very sure that they had sold my results. And that was a thing that used to happen. I don't know if it still happens now, but it used to happen then. And so it just didn't make any sense that I had three carryovers at the end of my third year, going to my fourth year when I was about to, you know, I had one more year left to graduate. And, you know, at the time my mom was actually, I guess, insistent on her children going abroad to study, like, you know, of course, obviously like better education. And so she was able to, I guess, prevail on my dad. And he let me finally go. Mm-hmm. When I had those three carryovers, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, of course, I, I was like, yeah, I don't know how this is going to happen. And I don't know how I'm going to stay at Unilag for, because I'm like, three carryovers, that's how many extra years? Anyways, long story short, I went to the US in 2003. I went to Lincoln University, which is the first HBCU in the US. And I then left Lincoln to University of Michigan, where I guess our paths indirectly crossed through your brother. I was there for grad school. I went straight from undergrad to a PhD program because I had also in the bid to not stay at home during the summer, I would always find something to do. So like, you know, Lincoln at the time obviously had like been, been, you know, a recipient of certain like grants and things like that. People, you know, had all of these opportunities that I was able to, you know, go to summer school my first summer at University of Michigan University of Maryland actually, Eastern Shore. The next few summers after that, I did internships because my first summer, like I said, I went to University of uh, Maryland, I keep saying Michigan, but Maryland, mm-hmm. Eastern Shore. And as a result of that summer school, I made a networked, I guess not intentionally, but I guess I caught the eye of a professor who was like, I'm having this, you know, environmental like project next summer. Are you interested in coming back? And so I went back that next summer to do an internship and pretty much had an internship every single summer after that. And I guess it was not typical as an undergrad to have three internship experiences. So by the time I was applying to grad school, I had that research experience, Right. which first advice for people who may be scared is always take advantage of opportunities, because you never know what you're going to end up in. You know, like I said, when I was taking the opportunity, it was just really, I didn't want to stay at home for four months and I wanted to make money. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's right. I'm going, to, I'm going to learn, I'm going to be getting paid at the same time, so... What's the barrier here? It wasn't like the entire four months; it was actually like two, or, you know, two months out of the the, the four months. So I would right. still had to actually have a break too. But you know, like I said, it, there will be some productive parts of that. Maybe that was right. the Nigerian in me who was, you know, trying to, you know, we don't we don't know how to sit in one place. <laughs> I'm right. But anyways, like I said, thankfully had those experiences, and I learned a lot of what I did not like at the time when I was applying to grad school. I ended up applying to grad school because I knew I wanted to have an advanced degree, but I knew I was not going to be a medical doctor. Right. My parents had trained me all my life to think I wanted to be a medical doctor because they were both medical doctors. So it was normal to obviously like, you know, follow in their footsteps because I liked the sciences too. So when I was at Lincoln, I was a pre-med student, but after my first year, definitely I knew I didn't want to be a medical doctor because I think it dawned on me that medicine also involves cutting people up. Right. Right. (laughs) Lord, you're going to see, you know, some gory stuff. Mm. And I thankfully was self-aware enough at the time to realize that, hey, auntie, you that, you see blood or you have a paper cut and you are yelling like, you know, life has (laughs) ended. It might not be a good idea to go into medicine. Anyway. So like I said, I started to look at other options and I spoke to my mom. At the time, thankfully she was still alive. And so that's when I actually realized my mother had a master of public health yeah. because she gave me other options. I mean, she said do your research, but you know, one thing you could look at if since you I know you do like the sciences and I know you do like biology, you could also look at public health and see if that could be a potential, you know, um source of interest. So, anyways, like I said, she put me on that path and I, you know, like I said, took opportunities and I decided to go to grad school to get a PhD because I also had experiences throughout my, you know, summers, you know, they had people come and talk to the undergrad students. And so we had a few PhD students. And so it was knocked into my head that if you're going to a PhD program, let it be paid for, do not pay out of pocket Mm -hmm. to Mm -hmm. go to a PhD program. So that was focused when I was going to grad school. I applied actually, like I applied to a lot of schools, um, a lot of good schools, um, but i ended up making the choice that i made in terms of going to michigan because they were the only ones that did not first of all tell me to go get a masters because schools like johns hopkins and university of massachusetts were like we'll you know admit you into the masters program and i'm like that's not right. what i applied for i applied for the phd program mm-hmm. anyways like i said i was focused and so ended up getting into michigan I remember the director at the time, you know, we had a phone conversation and he was like, one of the reasons why they admitted me was what I said, like the right. fact that I had a lot of research experience. So I had proved to them, you know, there was evidence that I could thrive in a right. research um, exactly. environment. And so, like I said, it was not many of us. I, While I was in, in the School of Public Health, I met one other person who also did not have a master's. We actually ended mm-hmm. up being like, school buddies the entire time. (laughs) We were each other's like backbone. So it was an awesome experience. After Michigan, I had a postdoctoral fellowship where I ended up going to Ghana. So I stayed in, you know, Michigan for a few months and then I went to Ghana. That was one of the I guess incentives for me to actually take the the postdoc because I wanted to kind of get a bit more hands-on environmental health research. Because again, my PhD was in environmental health, but it was in environmental epi. So right. I was a bit more like health behavior-ish, right. looking at like the different aspects of the health of the environment, not just the physical environment, right. but, you know, how we make decisions because of our physical environment, how we make decisions because of, you know, how our nutritional like environment. Right. You know, the fact that you are in a place that doesn't have farmers markets Mm -hmm. makes a difference in the kind of food that you're going to buy right Right. so those were the interests i had at the time i was in my phd program so i focused like i said on on research that kind of gave me a bit more experience than that and then i ended up trying to do a slightly different still within environmental health of course but more occupational health um and so like i said i had the opportunity to go to ghana i was there for six months and then came back to michigan and then I stayed in Michigan for a couple more years trying to figure out, okay, what I wanted to do because when I came to school in the U.S., my thought process was I wanted to go back to Nigeria. So I wasn't really looking to apply to anything in to stay in the U.S. So every everything that I applied for was international development type like work and it was outside the U.S. Or even if I applied to the U.S. office, I knew that they had offices outside the U.S. So right. at the end of the day, most likely if you're doing projects in Senegal or Gambia or wherever, you're going to go to those countries. You're not gonna stay in the US, right. you know, like like all the time, pretty much. So, anyways, that was the way that I figured I would try to go back to Nigeria. Things didn't work out that way, of course. We planned, but God has you know yeah. plans for us. And so I've learned to, of course, trust trust him. Um right. and that was definitely something that this journey of migration that was the big thing that I would say I took out of that, that mm-hmm. I had to learn to trust god and not trust man because i right. think in my previous experiences it was always oh i know this person they will you know my network was pretty much how i got things so i trusted that there will always be somebody to you know i could ask questions mm-hmm. or i could be like you know i need Open this door, basically to me because that's how right. it happened but it happened that way because god allowed it to happen, right? Um, so anyways, I ended up, like I said, going back to Nigeria, I had actually applied for one teaching position because even as a PhD uh, person, you know, I guess technically most of the time we are seen to go into academia, but yeah. I didn't want to go into academia actually. And right. <laughs> you know um that's one of the things that i would say that also like michigan like i know they kind of get dinged on that sometimes that yeah. they have so many like phd students or graduates but they don't tend to actually go into academia and like majority of them go into practice you know, right doing actual, like, public health practice and i was like because they they are probably also recruiting students who are going to go into practice because right. of the messaging that they're giving the students right, right? So when they were recruiting me all I saw was, oh, you can go into the field. You can get your hands dirty kind of thing. Right. And that's what went there.
0: Right.
1: Because it showed me that I would get the experiences that I wanted to get. Right. Anyway, so like I said, I didn't apply to any academic positions until a couple of years after I graduated from grad school. And I applied to, like I said, one teacher position, <laughs> And that was because when I read, I don't know what it was. I don't know. You know, again, like I said, it's all God. Because... It was a position at my undergrad, my old undergrad, my alum, you know, at Lincoln. I normally don't go on Lincoln's websites, not to do anything, especially not to go to the career section. But for whatever reason, that day, I was actually at a friend's wedding. I was in Houston. I wasn't in Michigan. I was in Houston, you know, getting ready for a friend's wedding later in the evening. And I was on my computer and I somehow went on Lincoln's website and I went to the career section and I saw this position in the health sciences department and I clicked on it. And I'm like, this position actually sounds like it was made for me. Like, this is a mm. perfect position. If I was going to teach, this is the perfect position. It was a position to help them start up a public health program.
0: Mm.
1: And it was, again, you know, some of the courses that they wanted were courses that I had a background in. I had Epi background. I had a health behavior background because as a result of my work, I had to kind of, you know, pull from different areas. So I wasn't a, you know, diehard Epi person. Right percent anyways so i like i said i see that position and i'm like you know what i'm just going to reach out to i i I reach out to the professors that i knew that were still there that hadn't left and you know i was just like i see this position and i just kind of wanted to get your sense of you know do you think it's something that i should be applying for you know because they had worked at lincoln for many years so they could tell me better Anyway, so like I said, I spoke to a couple of professors and they were like, Yeah, you definitely apply, you know, and see if, you know, you get the job. Anyways, I apply, get an interview, and you know, I do that interview, and then I forget about the the job because I guess you know it's the summer, so everybody's gone on break. I'm doing other things, and then one day I get a phone call from the vice president saying, Oh, do you have time for a quick chat right now? And I'm like, uh, okay. Sure. Well, I was on my, way to, lucky on my way to Chicago from Michigan. I was going for some events. It may sound like I, I go out all the time, but anyways, they, you know, I guess this phone call. I'm on my way on the highway to Chicago and I'm like, okay, sure. I can, I can talk. And so that's, I have my, you know, I guess second interview because I guess they had, the people who had interviewed me had, you know, given their recommendations to the higher ups to then make the choice as to this is who we've interviewed and these are the top candidates so you guys you know go ahead and choose out of top candidates who you want to actually hire kind of thing anyway so i have the conversation with her via phone and then you know i like i said i'm doing my thing and then later maybe in the month i get a call actually from actually no i think i didn't get a call i actually reach out to them because i hadn't heard anything Mm -hmm. And so I reach out to the person who into interv- the one of the people who interviewed me, like with the chair of the department that I was interviewing for. I'm interviewing at, and so she then says that she's not meant to tell me, but offic- because it's not official yet. But unofficially, they have decided to hire me, pretty much. Awesome. Because, because I was reaching out to her because I'm like I haven't heard anything, and she was just yeah. like, "That it's okay. We're just a bit slow, but rest assured, you're the person that has been." You know, we've made the decision yeah. that you're the person we are taking. Right. And I was very excited, of course, because I was just like, that's awesome. That is awesome. <laughs> so anyways, all this is happening. This is like 2016. You know, my summer has ended. And then as an international student, you know, there's obviously a specific period of time that you're supposed to get a job with, you know, you leave the U.S. Right. And like I said, I didn't, I had a PhD. I could have filed for myself, but I didn't want to stay in the U.S. So, you know, I was... Just like okay, you know what? I'm going to leave the US at this point, mm. um, I, and actually to leave the US. So I had even bought a ticket. I had bought a ticket for the end of the year, you know. So this happened. All of this, all this happened actually before I got the Lincoln thing. And so when I got the Lincoln thing, I was like, okay. So I guess you know, I told them. I spoke to the HR people. I was like, this is the situation. Right, you guys need to do a filing for me before this date because there's right. this is the date that my I guess visa expires or whatever. So if you guys put in an application, then I can stay in the US. If you guys don't put in an application before that date, then I have to leave. And right. then whenever you guys are sorted out, then I come back into the US. Like right. you know. And I was like I'm and I'm fine doing either one. I'm just like right. obviously we, I don't know which one might be quicker, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but if you obviously want me to start by the semester coming, then you may want to obviously like you know get this application in, you know, quickly. Anyways, all of that to say, I end up leaving leaving for Nigeria because I, you know, every time I'll check in, they're like, oh, we're, we we are doing X, Y, Z, we're doing X, Y, Z. The application was not, had not been put in by the date that I was leaving. And so I Mm -hmm. left. Mm-hmm. And I was happy because I actually was like, you know what, it would give me time to actually go home and have an actual break because I I felt like I had had a break like pretty much throughout grad school. You know, right. I'd been go 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 the entire time and I was like, it would give me time to obviously go home, rest up, you know, like, you know, have fun with my family, hang out with them, you know, just see people and all of that kind of stuff. And every time I go to Lagos, it's always a good time. And so that's what I was looking forward to. I end up going to Lagos, like I said, and then I think I'm going, I, I land in Lagos, November, I think towards the end of November anyways, 2016. And the plan obviously, again, is to start at Lincoln for January, 2017. Mm-hmm. So the goal is that by, you know, January, they would have sorted out my work visa. So all I have to do is go to the U.S. embassy, show my passports, stamp the visa because mm-hmm. obviously we from the U.S., like I said, planned. I was in Nigeria for a year and a half. Wow. I did not know this bit. Because by January, when I was expecting that I was going to go back to the US, still didn't look like any traction had been made, you know? So yeah, I was like, you know what? Maybe this is again, you know, this is me wanting to stay in Nigeria anyways. And I'm just like... This is a chance for me to actually see how things work in Nigeria, in the public health space in Nigeria. And so I, you know, from January 2017, I just pretty much started to like network and look for, you know, roles. Obviously, I told my dad, you know, who obviously has his medical colleagues who had, you know, contacts, obviously, like also in like schools. He was like, you know, do you want to teach and all of that? And I was like, well, I don't know, but, you know, let's see what the opportunities are. So right. I like to pull feelers. To every single person that I knew that I'm in Nigeria for, I don't know, it looks like I'm going to be in Nigeria for at least a few more months. So I'm looking for something to do during this period. And so if you know of anyone who's hiring, please let me know so that, you know, I can apply. And then I, of course, I, I, like I said, I just pretty much tell them, these are the different things I'm I'm interested in. So a friend of mine who works at the American Embassy, one day she reached out to me and she's like, someone she was talking to knows somebody else who's looking for somebody that, has my expertise. She was going to send me the link and I could look at the website and see if I was interested in talking to, you know, the person who's recruiting. Right. So she sent me a link and I say, oh, wow, this actually looks really cool. So yes, I would like to talk to the person. And so she gives my contact information to the person who uh, is supposed to contact me. Okay. This is like January, February, right? A few months go by... But like I said, I'm, you know, again, doing other things, you know, looking at other opportunities. I still haven't found anything, but I'm not stressing myself because I'm like, you know, I'm still enjoying my life and I'm going to, you know, be present as much as possible in this moment that I'm here. And then I decide to do, there's like a course called Mastering Life. Master Life. Mm -hmm. Sorry. Mm -hmm. It's a Christian program. And my church that I attend in Lagos, that I grew up in, was actually like, you know, they were hosting. The course so mm-hmm. i decided that while i was you know going to be you know i'm here for a few months like i said and so i was just going to take that course mm-hmm. so the first nights that i get there you know everybody's introducing themselves and then someone says something that sounds familiar like I'm like this sound that sounds like an organization i've heard of so the person introduces herself and says she's the managing director of the organization and um i'm like Hmm, I feel like I know that name. Actually, she just said she's managing the organization. She didn't mention the organization. And she, but she, had, mm-hmm. she said her first name. And so I was like, I feel like right. that name is familiar. So at the end you know, of the uh, program, the thing ends that evening. Before I go home, I'm like, oh, yeah, I should go say hi to her and see if this is the person I think this person is. Right. Because it's not like the person that had been recruiting for the person with the background, right, for their organization. So I, I'm going up to her and she's actually walking towards me and she's like, are you Loretta? <laughs> and I'm like, yes. Are you? And she's like, are you Loretta from, like she mentioned the mutual friend that we have. And she was like, oh my goodness, I'm so sorry. I've been meaning to call you, but it has been so hectic because she was pretty much a one woman show. And it was a lot of work. And so anyways, she is like, it's an awesome thing that we've met because now we can actually like actually meet like, you know, like right. actually- yeah. Yeah. and so that's how we set up an appointment to actually like, have a conversation and decide if, you know, we were going to move forward together.
0: Right. Well, that was what
1: she ended up saying. I just thought I was put up with interviewing for a position. <laughs> so I got there, you know, we, we talk and then she's like, I mean, it sounds like we're both on the same page. How soon can you start pretty much was what <laughs> she said. And I was like, Oh, okay. I can start as soon as you need me, <laughs> you know, I'm, here. I'm not doing anything. And that's how I started working at Drasa, which is the Dr. Amayo Stella Adadevo Health Trust. Yeah. And it was a fabulous time. It was a lot of work, of course. I you've worked in Nigeria, so you know you know how intense mm-hmm. can be in that country, especially. And it it was a very impacting or impactful time in my life. I still obviously still have ties to them and you know it's led to a great relationship of course also with you know the family and coming back to the position that i said i had in the u.s like i said i started working at jasa and i was you know like okay y'all are not serious i'm not even gonna stress myself Mm. i'm you know i'm i'm happy i'm here in lagos you know, my friends in the U.S. always used to, like, you know, they would send me messages on, like, Snapchat or Instagram and be like, you look like you're having so much fun. Are you sure you come back to the U.S.? And I'm like, I mean, I don't know. Right. And they're like, I we well, wouldn't be surprised if you don't come back to the U.S. because you just don't look like someone that wants to come back to the U.S. And I'm like, you know what? You're right. Anyways, the people at Lincoln, then, you know, I get a call pretty much a year later hmm. that says, can you reapply for the position that you applied for before and i'm like why what you know yeah because i was like what is different now like why why should i go through all of that stress to apply and then the woman is like you know what and she apologized of course but she's like someone was pretty much sitting on my application at the school wow and she didn't know because that's not her area she's the chair of the department so hr is supposed to be doing the work right And so she thought the HR person was doing their work and apparently did not do anything. They cannot find my information. And then technically my, I guess, stuff expires after a year. She's like, they have decided that they're just going to hire an external counsel to to, to do the work visa for me. And so they needed me to actually apply again so they could have that information to then put in the work visa. And I'm like, yes, I was torn because I was like, again, like I said, that position... It was, like, perfect, I felt. But I was just like, I'm not sure if I can trust you guys. Like, what? You know? Mm. I was like, okay, you know what? I'm just going to sleep on this. And the next day, I was like, okay, you know what? I will apply. So Mm. I asked them, you know, send me whatever links I needed to, you know, get. And then I applied again. And then, you know, they hired an external firm, a law firm, to do my application. And they did an expedited work visa. So I was Mm. back in the U.S., well I was told that my application was approved and my work visa was ready, and I just needed to go to the u s embassy to, like I said, show my passport and then you know get the visa put in the uh, passport to come back and so I did all of that. While I was also in Lagos, Galivanting and enjoying myself, my sister schooled in Canada, and so one of my sisters, who was a lawyer at the time was like you should apply for a Canadian um permanent residency because they are looking for skilled workers. You most likely get the PR very quickly, that kind of thing. But I didn't listen to her. I was just like, I'm not interested in coming to Canada. Like even this US because mm-hmm. like I said, the work visa has been processed and I was still waffling. Mm-hmm. I actually did not make oh, up <laughs> my mind about leaving Nigeria until like a month before I left. Mm-hmm. anyways, so like I said, in this one and a half years of me in Lagos, I get the work visa towards the one-year mark. Like I said, my sister was like, I really want you, I th- really think that you should apply, do this application. And she was chasing me up and down the place. And I was like, I am not interested. And she actually did the application. Like She literally would just call me and be like, I need this information from you. Give it to me. And then she, mm. she shared my information on the website. <laughs> So I was like, I mean, do what you want to do. But like I said, I'm not coming to Canada. <laughs> you know, in my plan. So she, like I said, does the application because, like I said, Canada was, you know, it's big on family ties. And it was actually because of one of my brothers. Like we wanted to be able to bring him, you know, like him have access to right. better educational opportunities in canada because the u.s well canada mm-hmm. was seen to be cheaper than the u.s right. and like i said we do this, she does this application and then i get an notification saying my application was you know approved i've been invited to apply to well to get the pr i i could send my passport or something i forget what they call it and so i was like okay sure i'll send my passport you know to the canadian people so they Uh, put that information in there and then I was like I'm coming back to the U.S. I could just cross into um, from Michigan I could cross into Windsor land and then go back to Michigan right and you know move myself from Michigan because that's where all my stuff was in Michigan and I was moving to Pennsylvania where Lincoln was. So I do that move like I said from Lagos land in Michigan I stay in Michigan for a couple of weeks meet up you know with the people that I had left behind (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then I moved to Pennsylvania where I was for about three years. And then in 2020, at the beginning of 2020, actually, I had realized that even though I had the PR and I had actually come into Canada a few times, I thought i would be able to just maintain my residency by coming into Canada, going back to the US, uh, because there's a number of days that they tell you that you have to spend in Canada to be able to maintain your PR, right? So I thought I would be able to do that within in five years that mm-hmm. you know 2020 because I got the PR in 2018 two years after in 2020 I realized that I may have to physically move to Canada or I would lose the PR and at that time of course things had changed right I had decided that even though yes you know I love Nigeria and all of that but I felt like career-wise I would want to do something else somewhere else right, right? right. Um, so I ended up I was not with Lincoln at the time. I hadn't left Lincoln, but I was obviously like looking at what my potential next steps would be because I had already helped start up the program and I obviously could have stayed there for longer. You know, a lot of people stayed academia for, you know, 20, 30, 40 years, right? Like, mm-hmm. but that's not really me. <laughs> I mm-hmm. just, not, you know, I, I don't know if it's maybe just a me thing, but right. I feel like after a few years, you know, I may get bored. And I don't right. necessarily want to get bored. And so I start to move around kind of thing anyway. So I had decided that, you know, I would most likely have to do a physical move at the beginning of 2020. But then we know what happened, right? A couple of months later in March, the world shut down. <laughs> of course, the world shut down in terms of, you know, in-person stuff, but we're doing things online. And so just as with the rest of the world, Lincoln, of course, moved to in, you know, online teaching. and so. Right. I pretty much spent the next couple of years teaching online at Lincoln. I had decided, like I said, I was going to leave Lincoln. I had actually given my notice in, in January, that I was going right. to leave, because I was going to Canada. But then, like I said, the pandemic right. hit. And so that kind of changed things, because they were going to move online. And yeah. so they wanted me to stay on, because I could teach, right, right online from wherever I was yeah. in the world. I mean, yeah. So it was just pretty much, when do I move to Canada? But then I couldn't move to Canada mm-hmm pretty much till the end of the year because really? canada was quite restrictive at the time so the borders were closed and i didn't want to drive and find that a border is closed <laughs> because that would be very much <laughs> to find that because you just didn't know what was open you know this week right. this week open next week the other one's open and the other is short so things were just it was like a moving goalpost all the time long story short you know i ended up moving anyways like december 2020 i moved to canada and I stayed with Lincoln, like I said to twenty twenty one and then you know they're of course resumed in person, and I'm like, well, I'm not coming back in person, so if you all need me to teach online, you have me, but if not, you know, I will you know happily move on somewhere else and so that's what happened. I ended my contract with them at the end of twenty twenty one and then I actually had to take a break, so I had to take a career break in terms of a mental and emotional like break' not. Mm-hmm, <laughs> About- yeah break because I realized I was actually burnt out I didn't realize mm. I was burnt out until the break happened where my mm. body actually like forced me to take a break and so I was burnt out and so I didn't start applying to positions in Canada until like a few months after like mm. pretty much end of the year 2021 so I of course started applying but then I'm like okay so do I want to I had to do a rethink, obviously of my career goals like what do I really want to do right now mm. being that I Canada, I'm in a different place and, you know, I'm just, I could go different ways. Like I don't have to necessarily continue on the path that I've been on. And this is me again, trying to, like I said, make sure that I, I'm choosing things that I'm not going to be bored yeah. bored with kind of thing. So anyways, I applied to different positions. I end up, you know, getting a provincial like government role, which is where I am right now. I started working with them in 2022 and I've been there for, you know, a little over a year right now. And I'm enjoying my role. I'm enjoying my team I'm you know, enjoying everything about it. They've made me appreciate more, you know, good working relationships and just, you know, having people that have your back kind of thing. So all of these experiences, I know I've been talking for a <laughs> while, but they've it's all, been great. you know, they've shaped me right in, in, in the way that I look at life right now. I'm not the same person who was go, go, go all the time. I've learned to slow down. I've learned to trust In God's plans, Mm -hmm. because like I said, there are again many things that I thought were going to happen and they did not happen the way that I thought that was going to happen. You know, to me, it was really funny that the one I I didn't want to say in the US, right? And so I applied to every single place for the US. And then the one Mm -hmm. that I applied to in the US is the one that now finally came through and they held Mm -hmm. the position for me for a while, right? And I'm just like, I mean, and you know how the process is, they have to prove. To the U.S. labor laws, pretty much that they can't find an American that has those same skills. Yep. And I'm like, y'all, like it's a year I later. You could have reposted this thing, and I'm sure you could have found somebody else, you know. But, anyways, <laughs> um, you know, at the end of the day, like I said, you know, when God is in things, you know, that and that was why I actually made the move because, like I said, my physical self wanted to stay in Nigeria. Like I just didn't want <laughs> to go. But I, you know, ended up coming back to the U.S. And so, yeah, my my like I said, number one big thing is trusting god that his plans no matter how good you think your plans are for yourself his plans are always the best yeah they you know you can't imagine what his plans are for you you know so yeah that's i just you know (laughs) pretty much allow that to happen you know nowadays and like i said i try to be more present Mm. and you know I'm an introverted person. You may not know that because you know, I, I think We're like, the, we know that. I'm I've learned to be social, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so a lot of people don't necessarily know that I'm very introverted. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> there are people that knew me from when I was a child. I remember this person seeing like last year when I was home in Nigeria, this guy who's known me as a child came to visit and I guess he didn't realize I was in the house. And he told my family, he was like, that she hasn't changed. That the same way mm-hmm. you come to the house, you wouldn't know that Loretta is in the house. It's the same way that... <laughs> I, I don't know that um, because yeah. I like my own company. I can be indoors and, you know, I can find something to entertain myself. And I don't need other people to entertain myself, pretty much. Right. Um, yeah. So anyways, I have, like I said, learned to be a bit more present, you know, to interact more with people, to just learn more about other people, to explore the world. I travels, you know, being, being, having those experiences of going back and forth. I don't necessarily like the experience of traveling itself, like going in planes and all of that, but I love getting to places and exploring. Even if it's a place that I've been to before, it's always something to find. Mm. You know, you can mm. never like 100% explore every single place that you've been to. There's always something I think that you can look at with a different eye, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know? So, you know, right. those are ways that I guess my experiences, my travels in the past, you know, pretty much since 2016 <laughs> have impacted me in that way of being more present, trusting God more, and trusting man less.
0: <laughs> right,
1: right, right. right. That- Uh, Whatever happens, God is who allows it to happen, right? He will do it through man, but it's not the man who's making that decision. It's God that's making that decision on your behalf. And so, yeah, you know, just embracing change. That's a great testimony. One of your questions I know was advice for people who may be scared of change. And I'm just like, my dear, one thing that I think age probably tells us is, you know, as you get older, we understand that, change is constant right. that's the only thing that's actually constant nothing else right. stays the same you know you you grow up you change we evolve right. and so i'm i've learned or i'm learning i don't know if i would say i'm 100 there yet but i am learning to definitely embrace change more mm. than i used to i would i i would say typically i'm a risk adverse person mm. i don't like risk <laughs> I'm that logical, analytical person, which is why, again, you know, research works for me because these are the skills that you utilize. And I know, like, you know, I look back and I'm like, it's funny how I didn't even know what I was going to end up doing, but this is, you know, what I've ended up doing. Like even at Unilever, in the math and statistics department, Mm. that was the department Mm. I got into. And so I'm like, years after... Statistics is one of the things that I had to do, right? To get a PhD, I had to learn to do biostats. And that's one of the things right. I do now. Like I, you know, data analysis is one of my roles. And so, like I said, I look back and it's just funny, you know, the way that these things work out. Honestly. And so, price is just, you know, like I said, embrace change. It's hard, I know, but, you know, this might be also be a cliche, but growth doesn't, I've learned also that growth doesn't come from your comfort zone you can't mm. kind of understand it and allow it and trust the process trust trust that it's you know it's going to be well <laughs> mm. it's going to be well so, i yeah. love this so much i don't even I feel like we need another question i
0: have all these things i was going to ask well we've already gone deep into this and i think it's such a great testimony honestly because i think that for me as you know i made another move and i'm just like why am i so unsettled why is my life so unsettled why has God just tell me to go this way? What do you have to do all of this? Turning around, turning around, turning around. I'm obedient. I will obey what you tell me to do if you tell me to do it. Why do we have to go all around, all around, all around? And you know, I say it all the time that we are similar. But or at least we have some of those similar experiences in, in, in some of these, like, you know, we're first born together, just all of the changes that has occurred and, and things like that. But it, it's, it really is a great reminder that, you know, learn to trust God. I mean, in that sense, I never had networks. So maybe that, in fact, I feel like I'm the network, but I never really had that network. And in some ways, there's some things that I say now that I wish, you know, I you know maybe took advantage of in in networking or like in knowing people who could have helped maybe shape career this way that way but again i'm reminded that to your point if god wanted to do it he would have done it he didn't want to do it which is why he did not do it and so i'm going to ask you one more thing because i think this is the juicy part that people may want to know i think we should just do a part two what do you think I think we should just do part two because I really want us to go into, yeah, I really want us to get into a lot around relationships, right? Because, yeah, saying all of this, and I know everybody wants to know, eh, how are you doing this? And, you know, people always kind of, make this assumption that you're only doing this because you don't really want a relationship you can't have been in a relationship how can you be doing it? like it's only girls that are not you know all we phd and like we are so focused on our career that's why we are moving up and down if you <laughs> like my mom will say if you were in your husband's house but i'm not in my husband but you know i think i really want to I, I, especially for someone who is also you know in my career but just from a career woman perspective, right? Even if you don't see yourself as a career woman, I don't think I've ever seen myself as a career woman. But how do you, you know, how we, I think we'll just do a part two. I think so. I think I'm going to go with that. Because how do you make all of these decisions in light of being a female? The eggs are dying. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> the eggs are dying. <laughs> With that said, because like I said, I think I'm going to, we're well, just going to do a part two. you yeah you get to ask me one question so that means you have to go find another question for next episode
1: oh okay (laughs) one question well what would you say has been like in terms like a career experience that has shaped you so far
0: i would say it's this current one actually i don't know if i mentioned it as much last year but almost kind of similar right i took a job in nigeria having had a job here in the u okay so i started that job in nigeria so i'll just tell the story i started the job in nigeria and they said they were going to pay me naira and that's the equivalent of two thousand dollars with like the equivalent of two thousand dollars for the year by the way or was it for the month sorry what yes per month so i was like you know what god six months six months that's all i'm giving this and i trust you you're going to do something and this is to your point just do what god tells you to do because on the very like i had done an in- so i come in to do my COVID testing because i had to come to america because my papers weren't ready yet so i had to come to america really quickly i think I, I used that one to apply for my papers i used that one to do COVID testing and i used that one to take an interview that i also call her sis and she's also in public health had, in- had told me about in new york and so that's how i did that and <laughs> you know, within the the space, I I got the job, right? And now they had offered to pay me, so $24,000, one hundred and twenty thousand dollars just to put it in perspective, right? So Uh, obviously it wasn't a question, right? But not only that, it was like, oh, that, you know, something that was supposed to be like a program manager or something, or they wanted to make me the director of something, something, whatever the program was at the time. I just want people who are hearing the story to do what God tells you to do. So that's how... On the very, like it was the almost exactly to the day of six months, I now told my people in Nigeria that I gotta go. And I loved my job being like, ah, oh, God, I loved it. God, I won't even lie to you. I loved, I loved, loved what I did. And so, obviously, by the time I now did this thing, they're like, oh, you know what? You can't go. We'll, we'll match it. By the way, they're already paying people that amount, it wasn't even anything but obviously me I didn't know and I didn't really care I just thought you know at the time it's like okay let me help you out and stuff like that and because I never saw myself in America first of all I never saw myself in America past like I was going to come do my undergrad do my master do my PhD all of this 10 years I gave myself 10 years max in America and I was going to be done and at this point we're already 20 years in no actually I like we're already like 15 years in and I'm like (laughs) What God do? No. Like you're sending me to Nigeria. Of course you're sending me to Nigeria. So obviously everything was a sign. This getting the, the job in the first place was a sign. The fact that it was in, so I have this, one of my favorite books is called Ken, Ken Folliot's Third Twin. And mm. it's a book around genetics and public health and, you know, behavior and psychology and all of that. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like this is God. This can only be God. This is God. This is God. This is God. Mind you, I'd already accepted the other position and I'd come back to America to take this position. But then, you know, I I met some of the guys who, especially the guys who were on the American side of the company, and they were like, you know, like, this is a really good position for you. I mean, I get it, like, anything you do, you'll be great, but like... For us here, like you grow, you get to grow with people, who you're working together. And it was good because, you know, public health, public health is a lot of sometimes a lot of older people. Right. Like they're really it's it's not many organizations that you go to that where where, you know, you're finding people your age. In fact, now I'm feeling old now that I see some new converts coming in or whatever because people typically just end up going to academia right so in practice right it's not always and in in fact it's usually people that maybe have a medical degree together with their public health it's always so kind of weird right so it's not even just straight public health not straight young people like you're going and you're just like excuse me like you people are saying i should find boyfriend in business career i don't find boyfriend when all the people here are girls and all the people here old old, old people so now this is my current job i'm using my eye my eye is sharp my eye is sharp i'm getting i just walk when i want to work <laughs> So um, so yeah, because again, I like the job. I like the people I was working with. I like the staff that I'd been working with in Nigeria. I like the experience of I'm doing different things. So genetics is not what I studied or whatever. So, you know, learning from the geneticists and those molecular, you know, team and all of that. And then also putting something together because to your point right it wasn't just going to a nine to five and somebody's telling you what to do and then you have to send you for approval out to somebody like i was putting something together I, I was part of that team so i thought this is and I, I i felt like i could feel easy like i don't know how to say it, but like i would have a little bit more support right with it, with it because now we're working with a team of people who all wanted this thing to work right so i would feel better than being the sole person on this on this role and i don't know i think i just i in my mind there was something about being called a director in Mm. america versus being Mm. called a director in nigeria Mm. i didn't really care for the director in nigeria it was nonsense. it was just it was just games no offense like i knew i knew the work i was doing my work had like i was if that's the case i was director before they gave me the title right so it had nothing to do with anything right but there was something about this director title in my mind that mm-hmm. was frightening in america and it's really you know it, it really just tells me that god was like but I, I had you were ready you just didn't see it and so let me tell you how about it is god has humbled me because now the title is program manager i'm like you see now you see when they were trying to give you that it's not to say that it's about time to but i guess, i guess what i'm just trying to say is like in my mind, I didn't feel like I was ready for this. Like God, ah, God like that's too much. Like who am I? And let me humble myself. Oh yeah, now I'm humble. <laughs> and now you're yeah, just like, okay, God, but okay, now I'm humble. Can we move? Like it's not because of title, it's title things they'll open up, I don't know, like whatever perks and stuff like that. But now like all of that is lost because I have to come back to America to take a position and you know, it, you're basically starting again. Not starting again. I think obviously sometimes it's like I could hustle the hustle, but I think I I realize also that maybe in his own, not maybe I realize now as as per what we've been saying that God is intentionally putting me here, and yeah. so you know just trying to be present, like you said, trying to accept that okay I got you I'm on it it's gonna be okay take your time do what you need to do and I'm with you so long story but yeah it was it's kind of sort of
1: similar except you
0: did the good thing me i thought I, and
1: I don't get me wrong i prayed about it what did god tell you to, i don't think you told us what god wanted you to do or what you think about do. it but, I, I, but I,
0: I think that he had created that opportunity and that position and i and i should have taken it i think it was my yeah? me wanting nigeria so much like i wanted nigeria more than anything
1: you are saying you think he wanted you to take the position in america
0: Right, yes, because he had opened the position, created it in such a way where he got better pay. Like, that was, when I applied to that was on the pay, that was on the title. That was, do you understand what I was saying? Like, they, they to your point, almost, almost kind of similar, where they created this thing for you now and matched it for you because they really like you and they think, okay, this is the perfect thing for you. And mm-hmm. then only for me to deny it because I wanted Nigeria so much. I, and don't get me wrong, I prayed, I fasted, I everything. Yeah. But I was like, <laughs> I wanted Nigeria so much I can't even lie to you and you know I've said it so many times and people are like well but he's not sending you to Nigeria now so be coming down like there's nothing you can <laughs> there's nothing you can do about it if he does want you to go to Nigeria he will send you to Nigeria but you know it took it, it's a, it's a very much a lesson learned on sometimes uh like you said our desires can't be more than what God like no matter how good your own plan is or your own thoughts are it can be better than God and you know God knew what he was doing but you know in his own way he found me back into the same city back in New York so <laughs> uh, clearly again
1: you know all glory to God
0: okay so we're
1: coming back here yeah. this girl with strong head come back here I'm saying that God is right it was probably like this yeah. girl you strong head will not put aside trouble Yeah, hey, come back here I won't even lie to you
0: somebody told me that God said I was stubborn and I was like I believe it's I believe
1: it. <laughs> I'm what? sorry, God. You know, sometimes I'm just like, something just happened or some so, someone says something, and I just look up and I'm like, Father Lord, I know that was you. And I know you have a God has a sense of humor. And he can be laughing at, he's laughing at us sometimes just because he's just like, That's I just have for you. That's why I brought you back this way. If I let you go, are you ever helping <laughs> yourself? For real? no this is awesome thank you thank
0: you so much so we'll do a part two and don't worry it'll be a totally different topic so don't feel like it's going to be a part two guys watch out for that but we really need to get into this bit about relationship i think it's going to be quite important so thank you sis and we'll talk soon no problem thank you for joining me in today's episode just like you would share with friends about a great book you read don't forget to share this if you enjoyed it connect with us on ig and twitter at TWWPCast, and get details on the website at worldwithoutpeople.org. And hey, remember to make loving others the story of your life. Until next time, this is The World Without People.